0: One of the most common problems that I see when it comes to song lyrics, and especially with those that are newer to lyrics that I see coming up over and over and over again is a lack of precision with the lyrics. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about what I mean and give you three different areas where your lyrics need to be more precise. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. As always, I am your host, Joseph Vidala. And today, we're talking about your lyrics and my lyrics needing to be more precise. We should be on this endless quest for more precise lyrics. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But we are talking about lyrics today. And if you want something that's really going to help you with your lyrics, that will be a great companion with what we're talking about today. Be sure to check out my free six step lyric writing checklist. I have it at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. That's songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. It breaks down, uh, lyric writing into six steps because I think the biggest overarching problem with lyric writing is people try to do it all in one step. So it's very common for someone to look at a blank page and say, write lyrics. And combine that with sort of this idea of they're not willing to write down a line unless they think it's good. But that's trying to force yourself to go from not even an idea yet all the way to final product, which is, in my mind, skipping six steps. Well, I guess skipping five steps. Uh, But you know what I mean. So this lyric checklist goes over those six steps that I go through to make sure that, A, every step along the process of writing lyrics is basically painless. Sure, there's still going to be some work, right? I'm not going to lie to you. Of course there's still work. But it breaks it down into much more manageable steps, less overwhelming steps, steps that also you can, if you have only 10 minutes to work on it, you can still be productive towards songwriting because there there are always like clear steps that you can do that are Fairly minor, and and not all of the steps are creative per se. Obviously, overall lyric writing is extraordinarily creative, but there are certain parts of the process that are more or less creative in different ways. Um, but anyway, go check that out, songwritertheory.com/lyric-checklist. Totally free. It will certainly help you with your lyrics. It certainly helps me with mine. So today we're talking about precise lyrics. So before we dive into that, I think it's important to talk about, okay, first of all, let's clarify what precise is, because I think sometimes people mix up accuracy and precision, and so, so, let's, so let's lay out what we're talking about. So according to uh, our lord and master Google, just kidding, um, but <laughs> but the, the uh, terrifying, wonderful, all-knowing Google... Precise is defined as marked by exactness and accuracy of expression or detail. And its sub-definitions are exact, accurate, and careful about details. You'll notice the uh, accuracy of, of expression of detail, careful about details. And used to emphasize that one is referring to an exact and particular thing. You'll notice there's a lot of detail, exact... All right, those words came up, I think, three, four times each or so, just to those three definitions. Um, so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about precision. And I think there's three main ways that we should strive to be more precise with our lyric. And the first one is that our perspective in the song and our theme as well need to be more precise. So... To illustrate, there's a billion, probably, generic, boring breakup songs about how sad you are about a breakup, right? Or telling this very boring story about a breakup that seems no different than any other story, who cares? And the answer is nobody, right? Like there's this lots of songs where we're just like, ugh, another one has nothing new to say. But you'll notice that there are some other songs that technically are breakup songs that you don't really feel that way about. And you're like, well, what's the difference? Chances are, what the difference is, is one tried to be too general. It tried to do too much. It tried to tackle, like, the idea of the general feeling of breaking up. But if you've ever had any form of breakup, you know that there is no general feeling of a breakup. That doesn't exist. There are stages, there are different moments, there are many different emotions that one's going to go through in the course of a breakup, right? And you can even stretch it out years, right? So instead of trying to just be like, you broke up with me, I'm sad, because nobody cares, right? I mean, people care personally, hopefully, But, you know, no nobody cares song-wise, right? It's like, yeah, okay, whatever, I've heard this before. A girl broke your heart. Wow, you're the first guy to ever have that happen, right, dude? Right, and same the other way around, obviously. So, instead of trying to capture, to, A, either too many different emotions, right? Because there are plenty of emotions within a breakup. And instead of trying to capture specific story moments focus on specifics so specifically in this case we're talking about perspective and theme right so our first our first thing that we're working on precision wise is our theme and perspective so during a breakup right and you know everybody experiences them somewhat differently but let's talk about some different options that we have so you could have, a song that basically takes place in the moment of the breakup, where you're just kind of overwhelmed and confused. You're trying to process it, right? So it's it's more of a, a confusion than it is anything else. The sadness hasn't totally hit yet. The reality of it hasn't hit yet. You're just confused. You're grasping for reasons. How did you get here, right? That's a very specific emotion that, that can go along with a breakup, right? Nobody feels that way the whole breakup. Right? I mean, maybe the whole moment of the breakup, but not, not the, the aftermath and the, and the response to a breakup, an overall loss of love song. Right, In the case of losing someone that was once important to you, like that's not how you're going to feel the whole time. That's a very precise moment. So if you revolve a whole song around that, that is where you can get something interesting and relatable. And now you're doubling down on one emotion that people can relate to. So you get to have more details about it. Rather than, you know, I'm confused and now I'm angry and now I'm bitter and now I miss you. And right, right that's just confusing. It's a four minute song. It's a four minute song and you're trying to cover like a trilogy of books worth of, of like, Somebody broke your heart. What happens next? Don't do that. Right? It's a four-minute song, and you and you might be saying Joseph, how dare you? It's a six-minute song. I had plenty of time. No, stop it. Don't do that. So, uh, and also, you know, sometimes I preface this, and I feel like I shouldn't have to, but no rule is set in stone. Right? Of course, I'm sure there are exceptions to this. So if you really feel like you have something great that is, like, you have a song that you feel really, really good about, and you're thinking, ooh, hmm, feels like he's describing as a bad thing the thing I did. If it works, it works, right? These are, and anything we talk about here is general rules and tips. And if anything I say doesn't work for you, don't use it, right? It's all about your music. So, anyway. Let's talk about, just real quick, some other specifics you can get into, right? Weeks later, maybe you're missing the person, but now you're actually kind of relieved it's over. You didn't think you'd feel that way, but you do, right? And there's also multiple sides of a breakup, right? There's the person who chose to not be with the other person, as well as there's them breaking up with you. Or years later, saying you'd still be with them. Or, years later, saying you don't regret the relationship. So, actually, a song I've been working on recently sort of touches touches this idea. It's called, I Don't Regret Us. And the whole premise is this idea of you're not in love with the person anymore. And it's in, you know, a more distant future. And I was grappling with, I, I had grappled for a long time about the idea of you know, that, that quote, you know, is it better to have lived in love than never loved at all? Or whatever the quote is, whatever. One of those, like, quotes that people, like, mindlessly say and don't actually think about the repercussions of, right? It's like when somebody says, which, uh, I love my grandmother, but at my grandma, who, uh, <laughs> is basically from Boston, so she has a Boston accent, uh, and she'll always say, whatever makes you happy, dear. Um, and, and, uh, It's always dia, right? There's no, there's no, there's no R. There's no R's in Boston, but, um, anyway, and I, it always strikes me, right? Like, that is an insane thing to say. What do you mean, whatever makes you happy? There's like, you know, what makes serial killers happy? Killing people. So don't do whatever makes you happy. Like, I know that's an extreme example, but the idea of whatever makes you happy is definitely a good thing is asinine on its face. That is ridiculous horror. Any, anyway, this is not the point. The point is that the better to loved and live than live loved at all, whatever the heck it is. Kind of another one of those, not as ridiculous, but kind of one of those, uh, like it's not as deep as it pretends to be, I think. Which maybe that's not true, I don't know. I guess I, I did grapple with it, so maybe it's fine. But anyway, eventually I came to the conclusion that... Um, it's it's, it's kind of like judging your decision based on the outcome, which is unfair and not how things work, right? For example, if I decide to get in my car and I think I want um, White Castle late at night because I don't know why I would, but let's just say and I happen to get hit by a drunk, dr- drunk driver, you wouldn't say, wow, what a terrible idea Joseph had to go out to White Castle. Actually, actually, actually you might say that, but you're, say, you're saying that because of the choice to get White Castle, not because, like, there's, there's no reason for me to have known that that was going to happen, right? So it, we can't be like, oh, wow, what an idiot. He went out driving at 10.30 at night? Oh, my goodness. No wonder he got, you know, hit by a car. Um, like, no, no, of course not. Uh, similarly you can also make very foolish decisions and get away with it or get rewarded for it um so anyway i was grappling with all that and eventually came to the idea of you know i don't regret us because at the end of the day you as a person were great and you were worth it so even though it doesn't work out that's okay um and there was a I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a certain crime TV show that kind of inspired that song. But anyway, different things we can explore, right? More precise feelings along the way. Previously, um, as, as another option is actually, which is another one that, that I've been working on. It's talking about that precise moment in a relationship where like you realize you're never going to break up with them but you have a feeling deep down that at some point they're going to stop choosing you. Uh, but you decide like, like basically the title of the song is that you're going to be here until they leave. Um, that's not exactly the title, but <laughs> it's, it's changing for the sake of this conversation, right? So it's that idea of like the precise moment of a relationship, you know, somebody's not going to choose you forever or you feel like, you know, that deep down, but you know, that if it, if you had a, your way, it would work out. Um, And again, another example, right? This is a precise feeling that you could say is, and that's like pre-breakup even, right? Like it's a pre-breakup song. Um, You know, as well as, you know, the months later, bitter and resentful, I hate you, I regret that I was with you, you're the worst, why did you cheat on me? You know, there are other very precise things that we can get into. And even, uh, I said the cheat on me and just threw that out there. That was a mistake. Because even that is too generic, right? What specific emotion are you feeling? Are you feeling like you were such an amazing person? I'm so surprised that you would do that. Did I ever know you at all? Right? Confusion side of it. Or there's, you know, the side of just just really bitter and angry. And I hate you. And you were a liar the whole time. Or there's like, did you do that before? And I just didn't know, right? Like, the idea is dive deeper, get more precise about what you're talking about. So now that we've spent 15 minutes approximately a on number one, let's step it up. Go a little faster, Joseph. Number two, so again, number one, your perspective and your theme should be more precise. Number two, your words need to be more precise. This is a big one, and this aligns very directly with um, the, the six-step lyric writing checklist, step number five which is probably my favorite step of all, which any of you who have been listeners for a while know because I say it a lot, but it really is. It's definitely the step I'm most proud of. Uh, it's iterative lyric editing. And the idea of it, uh, there's, se- there's several versions, but one of them is when you get to the word level, where you are literally looking at the words, like word by word, your lyric, you're looking at. And you're saying, which one of these words can be improved? Where's the weak spot in the word? And specifically, you usually want to be looking at verbs. If you're going to dive into any specific words, verbs are usually where uh, writing lives or dies. Um, but it certainly applies to all words. And it's the idea that words need to be more precise. And the thesaurus is your best friend for this. I love using thesaurus.com in my songwriting. Another thing I use is relatedwords.com, which sort of, it's not a thesaurus. It just gives you like other words that are in the vicinity. So it's a little more open-minded, I guess you could say, in some ways. Uh, It's worth using both. Uh, I think some are, you know, one is better for some roles and the other for other roles, but both worth checking out. Relatedwords.org, I believe it is, and uh, thesaurus.com. But, you know, words like sad, love, hold, jump, boring, right? They tell you very little. And frankly, if I hear the word sad in a song, I'm already bored. <laughs> I'm just, I'm already bored. Because it's so generic, right? You could even argue that like all um, all or most emotions are on like a spectrum from happy to sad, Right, so sad is effectively covers fifty percent of all human feelings. Now that's a little overstated, I think, but you know it, it's at least very general. But better words would be something like bitter, right? Because bitter, bitter is a form of sadness, or it certainly is uh, a synonym, according to uh, thesaurus.com. It's not an exact synonym, right? Which no synonym usually is, but when I say I'm bitter about something and I'm sad about something, those communicate two very different things, right? If I'm sad about something, you have no idea what it is. It could be that I'm sad that, you know, there's no Star Wars coming out this week. Or I'm sad that the Broncos chose Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke for quarterback because it feels like it's a really, like, oh, great. So we know exactly what we're getting and there's... Like it will be good, it will be fine, but at, at, le- at least the kid gave us a chance for like something great, which you don't care about because you're here for songwriting. But anyway, <laughs> the point is right. You sad doesn't tell you anything about really what I'm feeling. It's just as a general thing. If I say I'm bitter about something, that implies this. It's like a hybrid of sad and angry, right? That's effectively what bitter is. This you know, not exactly, but we're mournful, right? Mournful implies uh, specifically sort of the sadness over death or loss, right? Like, I'm I'm not I'm not mournful that there's no Star Wars out this week, <laughs> right? I might be sad about it. Uh, I might be wistful for the next Star Wars thing that comes out. Which wistful, by the way, another one under sad, right? Wistful is this whole like, it, it's it's sort of sadness with a tinge of hope for either what was before or what could be, right? Wistful has a specific, you know, when, when you picture wistful, you probably picture somebody looking up into the sky, right? And then there's dejected, or sort of is like sad and rejected combined, give or take. Despair, right? Despair is, is a heavier word than sad, right? It feels like sad times two or sad squared maybe even. Uh, which I guess if sad is one and you squared one, that would still be one. There's my uh, engineer showing. But anyway, point still stands. Math nerd aside. Um, grieve, right? Gr- grieve is kind of similar to, to mournful, right? Mournful and grieving are, are fairly similar. But pensive, right? Pensful, pensive sort of has this idea of sad and thinking, Right. If you're pensive, you're sort of sitting and thought, right, your average uh, songwriter writing a sad song is probably generally in the state of being pensive, right, you're thinking about some old wound from five years ago, and you're not really hurt by it anymore, you're just kind of dwelling about it and thinking about it It still makes you kind of sad, but doesn't make you like, you know, want to, you know, I I don't even know what to say what want to do something bad to yourself or, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't get you in the pits of despair. Right. So. Go deeper in your quest for precision of word. And the best way to do this is simply take your word that you think eh, it's just kind of flabby. It's just kind of meh. Right. Like it doesn't have its beach body yet because it's the middle of winter, put on a few pounds, ate a few too many brownies, had too much hot chocolate, which I know sounds weird because I'm recording this at the end of summer, but here we are. Go a little deeper. Thesaurus.com. I mean, literally, your lyric probably isn't that many words. You could literally take every single word, plug it in, and just see. Just see if there's a word that upgrades on it. Highly recommend doing that exercise. I don't think you need to do every word, right? If a word, if a line already seems r- perfect and you really think there's no way I could upgrade on this word, fine. Um, but so uh, an exercise worth doing and really, really helps and will help your song shine more. So just for f- more example, love, right? We can talk about yearning. We can talk about cherishing, worshiping, admiring, adoring, right? Those are, those are all different and they all have shades of love. Right, and I, I've made, I've talked about this before, right, I, I, I adore my wife, and I cherish my wife, I wouldn't, what, well, I, and obviously I love my wife, I love Star Wars, and I love the Broncos, I don't cherish those things, though, <laughs> I, I don't adore those things, right, like, like, oh, oh, yeah, I adore Star Wars, like, that just sounds weird, like, it sounds like you're a nerd who doesn't understand English, right, like, what? You adore Star Wars? Like, that sounds creepy. Like, what? Like, whose basement do you live in? Stop it. Um, But saying you love Star Wars, everybody's like, yeah, okay, you and, like, half a society. Let's take the word hold. Cherish, again, could sort of, depending on, on context, cleave, cling, clutch, cradle, embrace, secure. Jump, bounce, bound, dive, drop hop plummet depending on you know the type of jump plummet is usually a negative jump we'll say uh rarely does something good happen after plummeting right nobody's ever said oh yeah he plummeted and then the end of the story is a good one right that's plummet is negative so uh skip surge right if you like surge towards your opponent you're like leaping towards them uh But anyway, so get more precise about your words. Thesaurus.com or a thesaurus like a physical book if that suits your fancy. Very, very helpful tools. Number three, finally. Word placement is something that needs to be more precise. So this is really where the... Fancying yourself somewhat a poet really comes in. And I think the beauty of this is if you're good at writing melodies and you write your melodies before you write your lyrics, some of this you should get for free. Because if you understand writing melodies, you're going to have decent meter and rhythm. But now you have to make sure your lyrics match with that. So, the stresses in your meter and rhythm need to match with your natural lyric stresses and your melodic stresses. They all need to align. So, I think I've I've joked about this specific thing before, but don't emphasize the word the, (laughs) right? Like, the, the emphasis, the emphases... Talking plural, I guess. In your lines, A, you might find intuitive, right? But if you don't, where you can find where the emphases are, generally they're going to be at the beginning, at the end, are usually some of the highest notes, right? So if, if you have a climbing melody, the high note is almost always an emphasis. An emphasis. And then also the notes that are held the longest, right? So if you got duh, 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 right? That first one is going to be a stress, but the duh, da, that second one, the duh, that not stressed, right? It's just like a grace note, like you're just passing through it. So da, duh, 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 the first and the third are stresses, right? There's focus on those. They're held for longer. Uh, the, the the natural rhythm of that, right, is stressing on one and three, not the beats one and three. The the uh, I guess that was implied to be a, a lyric being stated. Um, <laughs> it was without melody, but you're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna work with it anyway. So make sure that your emphases, A, you have to keep it uniform when you have different, um, basically different, so so every everything reflects on itself, right? You might have a melody and then you have, so the call and response, right? So you might have a basic call response, call response, right, where your melody is the exact same on line one and three and your melody is the same on lines two and four. In those cases, A, the melodic stresses are gonna be the same, right? Because it's the same melodies on two and four, and then the the stresses are gonna be the same on one and three because, well, it's the same melody. So in those cases, right, you have to make sure that the stresses of the words match up with that, right? So if the melody stress is like da, 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 right? Where one and three is, was stressed if it's you know three total notes slash syllables, then you need to make sure you know don't say loving the right. The is a terrible word to focus on if it's loving you, that's boring, uh, probably, but that works right because the natural emphasis of loving right? Like, just say the word, loving, right? It's not loving, it's loving, right? So the natural emphases are, the first syllable, emphasized, second one, de-emphasized, and then you, that's emphasized. And you know what? La, or love, and you are very valid things to be emphasized, especially in a line that is loving you. But, If the melody actually emphasizes a second note, I know we're keeping it really simple here, but just to illustrate, where it's actually loving you, right? That sounds silly, right? If you're holding that second note, you say loving you. That sounds ridiculous, right? Like, loving? Who says loving? It's loving. Like, (laughs) loving. I don't even know what that sounds like. Sounds ridiculous. But that's the point. Right? Don't don't do that. Make sure that where your emphases are in the natural lyric stresses, right? The natural words, where are the stresses in the words? Make sure that lines up with the natural stresses in the melodies. Don't highlight things that aren't worth highlighting. If you have this really epic high note in your chorus that you belt for like a whole measure or two, make sure that word is a word worth highlighting. Right? Don't, Don't highlight, you know, the is the easy word to pick on, right? But there's plenty of different words you shouldn't do. And I've made examples of this, too. Um, You know, take a very simple phrase like, I love you, right? Depending on the emphases, you can communicate radically different things with that same sentence. Three words, right? I love you. That sounds like the answer to the question, who loves me? I love you, right? The the point is, the love you is almost uh, like, besides the point. The idea that you're answering the question of who, I, I love you, which is very different than I love you, right? Then you're clarifying, well, what do you feel about me? You, we're, I know I'm ta- we're talking about you, right? So maybe it's, you know, two people sitting in a coffee shop and you're talking about your feelings for each other. And to say, I love you sounds weird, right? Like okay, we're talking about us. Like my question was, how do you feel about me? I guess you answered that question, but normally one would answer that question with, I love you, right? Because we already know I'm talking about I, the love is the important part. And then maybe you're talking to somebody and you're maybe you're in high school when somebody would say like, oh, who do you like, right? Uh, you know, the person you're interested in, of course, is like, ooh, who do you like? And then if you're like me and an idiot, you just lie. Um, <laughs> and you should have just said them. Like they, they handed it to you, you moron. Again, talking to myself. If you're like this, I resonate with that. And if not, feel good about yourself. You're better at, than me at this stuff. But anyway, we'll change it to love to keep with the same thing. Although the word like would be used in this instance as it should be. Um, but, you know, then you would say... I like you, right? Because we already know we're talking about, oh, who do you like? Or, you know, we're changing it to, who do you love? I love you, right? So depending on the context of you saying or singing or having a lyric, like as simple as I love you, I love you right? Depending on the song, there are three different ways that it should be emphasized. And it would almost be weird if it was emphasized in a different way. Now, that's maybe going the extra mile. Right? What you really need to avoid is to make, like, number one priority is to just make sure, at first, just make sure you're not stressing on syllables that just aren't stressed at all. Like, for, let's say, going to the zoo. Going. Maybe you could say, to the You could argue that two is emphasized or not. I could see an argument either way. But going, the go is definitely emphasized. And then zoo is definitely emphasized. So if you have a melody, if you have something that's like going to the zoo, right? That's fine. Going to the zoo. That's fine, right? Because two is fine to emphasize. Going to the zoo. Starting to sound a little weird. Nobody talks about going to the zoo. Nobody says that. So it would sound weird in the context of a song. So your word placement needs to be precise. Again, quickly in wrapping up, perspective and theme needs to be more precise. The words need to be more precise. And the word placement needs to be more precise, making sure it's aligning well that the natural rhythm of the words and the natural rhythm of the melody, the natural meter, I should say. meter is really a better word for this. The natural meter of the lyric stresses and the melodic stresses are aligned. I hope this was helpful to you. I would say, if it was, be sure to drop a like on this video, but it is not a video, it is a podcast. So instead, what you can do is you can leave a kind iTunes review. I have seen those of you who have been leaving those reviews. Thank you so much. Uh, It means a lot to me. I think last time I looked, I saw it was up to 46 of you or 47, which is not even close to all of you. I'm just saying. But those of you who have taken the time to do that, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, And also forgive me, there might be some of you that left reviews uh, on somewhere other than Apple Podcasts, uh, which I think I say iTunes accidentally every time, um, which is funny because I'm a 28-year-old software developer. Probably should know it's Apple Podcasts because I also have a podcast that's just deep levels of. It's kind of like when my wife says Weefy, sort of jokingly, but at first she wasn't joking. And I had to explain to her, like, yeah, it's kind of funny, except like your husband's a software developer. So it kind of, it just kind of hurts my credibility when you semi seriously call it Weefy. You have to call it Wi Fi. Anyway, (laughs) I think that's what I just did to myself. So if you have gotten, you know, if you've been helped by this podcast or previous podcast from me, and you're thinking how, what is a small thing that I can do to give back? And the answer is leave a kind Apple podcast review. Again, I I think I was in the middle of this, but to those of you who uh, uh, leave reviews elsewhere, I also appreciate that. I just don't see those as much because there's so, there's so many different places, right? And I, podcasts are weird you kind of just send it out into the ether and different things pick it up for the most part so you don't it's not like i like get i don't like get emails like hey somebody left you a review on i don't know google podcast which google podcast i don't even think has that but like anyway point is don't think i'm ignoring you i probably didn't see it if it was not on apple uh but thank you to all of you as well um but if the most helpful thing to do is to do Apple Podcasts, so if you're on the fence about doing it, uh, make sure to do it on Apple Podcasts, whether or not you use Apple Podcasts, because for better or worse, that is kind of the uh, the main podcast place still, which makes me sad, but I don't get a vote. So, if you feel like you can't give a kind you know, five-star review, and you don't want to tank the rating, but you want... You want to help me improve and teach you better. Be sure to shoot me an email. It's joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at songwritertheory.com. Let me know how I can improve what I can do to earn five stars from you because I don't want you to lie. I also don't want you to tank the ratings, but I also want to get better. So I think the the best compromise for all of us in that is uh, shoot me an email. I'm always happy to hear from any of you. I love getting emails. I love responding to emails. Anybody who has sent me an email, um, except maybe in the past several days, just because I'm trying to not check email as much, um, I will get to your email. If you've sent me an email and I haven't responded yet, which probably means maybe in the last four or five days, I will get to it. I respond to every single email. So I will get to yours. Um, But anyway... Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate every single one of you. That's why any of you who have have received an email back from me, uh, aka anybody who sent an email before probably five days ago, uh, any of them can tell you. And and maybe this is not true, but I I think all of them are always surprised with just how much I send back. Uh, And that's because I want to make sure it's clear that A, I appreciate people listening, reaching out, and if you're going to go so far and go out on a limb and shoot me an email, I am going to try to help you as much as I can in my response um, because I I really do appreciate you. So hopefully all of you who have gotten emails back from me got that sense because that is the truth. I, I really appreciate that that somebody would, lis- would listen to me talk about songwriting because I'm passionate about it. I want there to be better songwriters in the world, and I think all of you are a great, you know, great people to go out and do it. Cause I think we exist. Those of us that care about the art of songwriting. Um, but I think there's not enough support for it. Um, and then there's kind of the constant discouragement, right? And maybe you don't feel this, but I, you know, any of you have been here before. No, I poke fun at Taylor Swift all the time. And that's because it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating when you're like, when you see, especially pop stars get all this credit for like, like what you've never even written a song is true of, like, most of them. Or they, like, wrote a song with, like, seven producers. And the song is still, like, soulless garbage. And you're like, really? And it's just, some sometimes it's soul-crushing, right? Because you're like, I actually care. And they, they're just, don't. Uh, again, not talking about all of them, obviously. I wouldn't make a total generalization. But in the pop music industry specifically, there is kind of a lot of... Take a pretty face that has a pretty voice. Hand them songs. Have them dance and do a show with lots of fire. And that's pop music in a nutshell, it feels like these days. But anyway, griping aside, <laughs> let's get back to positive, Joseph. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate every single one of you. I hope this was helpful to you. Be sure to pick up that free guide on six uh, lyric writing steps. Songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist if you're interested. Thank you for listening. I know I've said this like seven times, but again, I appreciate every single one of you, and I will talk to you next time.